Hello and welcome to Channel 4's Unreported World podcast. I'm Christian Guru Murphy. This week, reporter Jenny Kleeman and director Daniel Bogado travel to the Mosquito Coast in Honduras, where indigenous people are risking their lives diving for lobsters destined for North American and European diners. Kleeman discovers that while companies and consumers care about buying tuna that's caught in a way that doesn't harm dolphins, we don't seem to care about lobster diving that's left hundreds dead and thousands paralysed. I was in the most remote part of Central America, home to a group of people called the Mosquitoes. We're sailing through the rivers and lagoons of the Mosquito Coast to get to a village called Cobobila. We've heard that a fishing ship is on its way there looking to recruit divers, and once they've got divers on board, they're going to set to sea and look for lobsters. In the village, Alexis Valderamos was preparing for the voyage. He's 29, and he's been diving since he was 15. How are you feeling about going away today? I feel sad, but what can you do? I pray to God that he will bring me back. Hola. The divers go so deep, they risk death on every trip. There's Alexis's son, asleep, not knowing about the journey his dad is about to go on. His wife, Yumari, says goodbye to him ten times a year. He's gathering his five children together. I feel sad, thinking about my husband as he's going to see. Only four days ago, one of Alexis's friends was killed diving for lobster. I don't know if my husband will come back ill or dead, and I think about how I'll raise my young children. It must be torture living like this. I can't imagine what it must be like saying goodbye to my husband when he goes to work, knowing that he might not come back alive or he might come back paralysed. Bye-bye, Jumari. Adios. Alexis's ship, the Miss Yomali, was waiting. We were going with him. Lobster fishing is one of the few legitimate ways to earn a living on the Mosquito Coast. Many of the divers have brought their wives along to the beach to collect the advance. The wives want something to live on when their husbands are away at sea. And as you can see, not all of the wives are happy with the amount of advance they're getting. When you give me the money, then he'll start work. Get off your high horse. I decide who works. They also wanted money in their pockets in case their husbands didn't return. A boat was shuttling divers out to the Miss Yomali. Soon, it was our turn. There's a great sense of excitement and expectation as we're getting towards the boat. All the fear that I was getting from Alexis here before has been replaced with feeling of joy. They're about to go to sea, go to work. This is what they do. Gracias. OK. Como? Gracias. 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 Gracias
Gracias. This is where it all begins. For the next 12 days, this 60-foot boat would be home to over 100 men. Hola. Come and see where they sleep. It's like a battery chicken farm in here. Each of these bunks is three levels high and each level has two beds in it, so there's six people per column of beds. Alexis managed to claim a quieter bunk in a corner. The air was already thick with marijuana and the smell of rum. The boat hasn't even left the coast yet. Some people, like this guy over here, are completely stupefied with alcohol. So many drunk people around here on the boat. And the thing is, they're going to be diving tomorrow. They're going to be putting their lives at risk. They're so cavalier about these risks. They're prepared to get completely wasted only the day before. Captain Elvin Hernandez said it would take 13 hours to reach the first banks where lobster could be found. 20 years ago, mosquitoes could catch them only metres from the shore. It's early evening now, the sun has set, people seem to be settling into life on the boat. From their bunks, a hundred men strained to watch a single TV screen. I found Alexis among them. Do you think you'll be diving when you're 30, when you're 40? How long will you be a diver? As long as I'm capable. You never know when it will happen, and you have problems with your body and the pressure hits you. How do you see your future, Alexis? I'd like to leave some money in the bank for a good future. Now, there's hardly any money for us divers, as there's no lobsters. You told me that there are fewer and fewer lobster that you're having to sail further and further out. What would happen if the lobster disappeared? What would you do? I won't do anything. It's running out, so you have to dive deeper, and that's when you get ill. But there's no lobster now, so what else can you do? There are so many people on this boat that every inch of space is taken up with people sleeping. There are even people strapped to the ceiling here in hammocks. Luckily for me, the captain has offered up his quarters to me because I'm the only woman on the ship. It's not going to be any great luxury, but I'm very grateful for the space. As dawn broke, the men prepared to dive. Every time they descend, they risk decompression sickness, the bends, which can be fatal. It's quite a rough night last night on the Jomali, even with my own cabin. I can't imagine what it would be like up there in the dormitory. But everybody's up already, everyone gets up at dawn. Looks like everybody's already getting to work. They've got lobster to catch. I spotted Alexis on the deck. It's time to get the diving equipment. It's quite an undignified scrum here. They were desperate for the best kit. They dive up to 150 feet, so any problem that forces them to ascend fast could cause nitrogen bubbles to lodge in their bloodstream and joints. 
These bubbles can kill or paralyse them. OK, bingo, we've got it. Right, now to unpack it. The regulator, the regulator, for breathing. How can you tell when you're diving if you run out of air, if the air is running low? When there's no air, this becomes difficult. It's hard to breathe in. Does your equipment ever let you down? Yes, it fails. When it breaks, you have to go up quickly and the pain hits you. As well as going up too fast, descending too deep for too long can also give divers the bend. But Alexis had no watch and no depth gauge. With such rudimentary equipment, Alexis is relying on being lucky all the time. He has no way of knowing if he's diving safely. He says the only way he knows he's being safe is if there's nothing physically wrong with him at any given time. He's dived a lot, he's going to dive a lot more, and maybe one day his luck could run out. With 45 divers making up to 15 descents each a day, a lot could go wrong aboard the Miss Yomali. Alexis was ready for his first dive. We're off to find the patches of lobster. All over on the horizon, you can see these kayaks, these canoes dotted around. Buen fuerte. Good luck, Alexis. It's time to go down. Alexis plunged to the seabed where the lobster live. We sent an underwater cameraman down with him. But lobsters were scarce, even this far from shore. Too many divers had been here already. He rose to the surface slowly to avoid getting the bends. How was it? Nada. Nothing. I'm going to go a bit further. Divers are meant to spend as much time on the surface as possible between dives to give their bodies time to recover. But Alexis was in a hurry to dive again. This time, there were lobsters. Alexis is paid according to how much lobster he catches. But the longer he spends underwater, the more likely he is to get the bend. Lobsters are also caught with traps in Honduras, but it's cheaper to risk the life of a mosquito diver. Oh, he has something. Quantos? Quantos? Six lobsters. He's caught six lobsters. It was a disappointing catch. Tomorrow they say they're going to find big lobster. This bank isn't particularly good, but tomorrow is where they're going to find big These lobsters had just begun a journey that will end on restaurant plates in the US and Europe. Back on deck, they told me the symptoms of the bends are a fact of life for mosquito men. When you come back from a dive, is it normal for you to feel aches and pains in your joints, in your arms and your legs? There's always a lot of divers who feel pain in their arms, but only when we dive below 120 feet. There was a friend diving deep, and when he came up, something burst inside him. 
It was either his lungs or a vein. He was bleeding through his nose, ears and mouth. Horrific. If it's all totally normal for you to experience the symptoms of, of decompression sickness and you've all seen people injured, paralysed, who've been killed when they're diving, why do you all still dive? If I had another way of making a living, I wouldn't dive to 120 feet. None of us would risk our lives because we know we would end up paralysed for life. Captain Hernandez is responsible for the divers' safety. The boat belongs to one of the biggest seafood suppliers in Honduras, but while it's at sea, he's in charge. Are you doing enough to ensure that you're giving the divers here the very best equipment that will make sure that they don't have to come up in an emergency and they won't get the bends? This is one of the more sophisticated ships. There are others that are worse. He blamed the divers themselves for the poor equipment. Sometimes we buy equipment in good condition for the divers, and when we return from the trip, there's nothing left. They've taken the depth and air gauges. It's very sad to hear that you don't get equipment that you know will make your divers safer just because you're scared that they'll steal it from the ship. Is, is money more important than the welfare of your divers? Of course, the welfare of the people matters the most. And I believe that when I leave my home and board this ship, I don't think about myself. I only think of them. After sunrise, as the divers headed out once again, it was time for me to leave Alexis. Adios. Good luck. Keep, keep safe. Muchas gracias. The Miss Yomali was sailing further out to sea, and if we wanted to take a speedboat back, we'd come as far as we could go. It took us six hours to reach land. Our destination was Korkira. Gracias. There are 62 known disabled divers in this small village alone. We're going to see if we can find them. I went to meet Jesus Gonzalez. He's 46 and has six children. He dived for lobster until decompression sickness paralysed him 13 years ago. He's been housebound ever since. Hola. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Mucho gusto. Me alegro. Soy Jenny. OK, gracias. Hay veces se pongo triste. There are times when I feel sad. I even cry about it. I've been suffering for years. I can't handle it, but there's nothing I can do. How do you see your future? Nothing. I only think about eating. I don't think about anything else. This is so incredibly sad to see, particularly when you think that for us, lobster is some sort of luxurious food that you eat in glamorous restaurants to treat yourself. There's nothing luxurious or glamorous about this. 
There are over 4,000 known disabled divers on the Mosquito Coast. It's estimated 10% of divers are left permanently disabled. So many mosquito divers have been paralysed by the bends that there's actually an association of disabled mosquito divers set up to look after them. I'm on my way to meet them now. Honduran law says disabled divers should get compensation from the boat owners. Some boat owners are generous. Others fight hard to avoid paying compensation. The boat owners get lawyers to defend themselves because they don't want divers claiming their rights. Divers who have accidents die in the sea and they also die from their injuries at home. There's no help, you have to die. They showed me their register. So here we are, lists and lists of names. Goes on page after page after page. It's almost like every single community here has its own sub-community of disabled divers in it. Since records began eight years ago, they've got 352 known deaths of divers who have died at sea as a result of decompression sickness because of the bends. They don't keep a record of those who die on land from their disabilities. This group of people who've just arrived, they're the family of a paralysed diver who died yesterday. He was 55 years old. He'd been paralysed for many years, and he finally died of his injuries. His name was Alicio Panting. It's terrible to watch this. This woman can barely stand up. She can barely stand up. The woman was his widow. Alicio's niece explained years of paralysis had led to multiple organ failure. Suddenly he started bleeding and passing blood. He died quickly. Did anyone give you financial help? No. No, nothing. As the men here have told me, Alicio is just one of many, many divers who die silently in their homes long after leaving the water as a result of the disabilities they've suffered from having the bends. I travelled 300 miles to La Ceiba, the coastal town that's the centre of Honduras's lobster trade. Alexis's boat is still out on the high seas, but its sister ship has arrived here in the docks of La Ceiba today and it's going to start unloading its catch. In just one fishing trip, the divers on this boat had caught 119 bags of lobster worth $72,000. One of the divers had been struck with the bends. Every single one of the lobsters in these bags was caught by hand by a man from the Mosquito Coast, a mosquito man using such basic equipment, taking such serious risk with their lives. I followed the lobster to the processing plant. Here, it's sorted and packed for export. I've come to see the operations manager. He's in charge of all the administration here at the food processing plant. Hello. Hello, Mr. Terry. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I asked whether they told their customers how their lobsters were caught. They haven't had 
that like a requirement. They haven't had that as a requirement. What they're more concerned about is the quality and the handling of the product. They want to be sure the product will not harm whoever buys it or consumes it. They don't really care about how the lobster was caught. They just want to make sure that it's good quality for when they sell it on. If we say it in that way, yes. Consumers in the US and Europe can buy trap-caught lobster, but suppliers are under no legal obligation to tell us how their lobsters are caught. It's amazing when you think about it. We buy tuna that's caught in a way that doesn't harm dolphins, but we don't seem to care about lobster that's caught in a way that harms and kills humans. On the other side of La Ceiba, I went to meet a doctor who provides emergency treatment to divers with the bends. If they get here in time, Dr. Elmer Mejia can help them avoid permanent disability. He treats as many as 10 divers a day. Go on, higher. Higher. Touch my hand. More, more. This is the second time Rocky Francisco's had the bends. He was paralyzed from the neck down 10 years ago, but recovered with treatment in a decompression chamber. He immediately went back to lobster diving. The only treatment that will help, the only treatment that will help him is the decompression chamber. Nothing else. If he does not receive the hyperbaric treatment, he will get worse and at the end he will die. Rocky's body thinks he's 60 feet below sea level at the moment. They've put an oxygen mask on him now. After four hours in the chamber, Rocky could feel his legs again. With a couple more treatments, Dr. Mejia said he'd be able to walk unaided. the impression that the number of injured divers is increasing? Yes, they are increasing, of course. Yes, they're increasing, of course. 20 years ago, they were diving at 40 feet, 50 feet. Now we have patients. In fact, I just had a patient who was diving to 140 feet. So every year, they will have to go deeper and deeper. How do you see the future for the mosquito people? The future will be the same history, the different diver. The future will be the same story, different diver. So far, it will keep going. We will have a patient today and another one tomorrow. Different name, basically the same situation. Boycotting lobster isn't the answer. It would put the mosquitoes out of work. But consumers can press the companies who buy the lobster to make sure that if it's dive caught, those who catch it have proper equipment, training and medical support. Before Alexis left his village to dive for lobster, I'd asked him about his children's future. I'm trying to educate them so they won't want this job. As a father, I'm fighting the sea. I tell them, don't do this job. It's a bad job. But as long as there's money to be made in lobster diving and no other way to make a living here, generations of mosquito men will gamble their lives to bring us luxury food.
Our thanks to Jenny Kleeman. On next week's Unreported World, Oliver Steeds is in Australia investigating the effect of controversial emergency legislation on the Aboriginal population that enables the government to take control of many settlements in order to help combat the alcohol abuse that ravages some communities. Until then, you can find all the latest from the series on the website, channel4.com slash unreported world. For now, from me, Krishnan Gurumurthy, goodbye.